Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Christopher Prunty. On today's episode, we have a listener email from Philip Rosiak, where we are going to be exploring a brand new setting full of capes and historical inaccuracies. The email sounds a little bit like, Hey guys, I'm really enjoying this podcast. It's been a great thing to listen to while in quarantine, and I recently got caught up with it. So I think for your next setting, I would like to suggest a world of superpowers. In today's superhero media, we see superpowers being a recent development in our world, but I propose a twist. What if superpowers, be it born with them or something given to you, have been around since the beginning of time? There could be superpowered people, be it rare or common, but they would exist How would that affect Earth's history, geopolitics, and the like? You could set it in any time period and creep into the realm of alternate history. I know it's an unusual setting, but I think you could have a fun time with it. Since I noticed it to be a theme with naming things, you could name it A World of a Thousand Heroes. So, Philip, thank you so much for your setting. We actually, I don't think we've ever had a full-on superhero setting. So this will be our first. I'm actually very excited for it. I don't think Uh, we can have the twist that makes superheroes, though. I think that would be a little bit redundant if that lands on there. Oh, yes. It could be super superheroes. (laughs) Oh, wow. Ultraman. (laughs) Uh, I have a lot of different interesting... Anyway, if you want us to build your world, this is a reminder that you can always email us and submit your world-building prompt, just like Philip did. And you can send that to worldbuildwithus at gmail.com or you can go ahead and send us a little twittery do over on twitter at let's world build you can send your submissions over there or in gmail we prefer the gmail just because it's a little bit easier to get in contact with people but let's start off with our tenets gentleman who wants to introduce our very first superhero setting chris a man who is recently discovered his own superpowers after getting a good night's sleep. <laughs> uh, so it's the Sandman trilogy. Is it a trilogy? How many books were in Sandman? There, there, there's wow. like 13 or 15 or 17. There's more, way more even, than three. Yeah. I don't even know how to call that. I had the Omnibus. So I oh. think that came in three volumes. Yeah. Gotcha. I have, I have like borrowed copies from a classmate of mine who like dropped out of school and I never saw again. And I feel really bad about having those books because I have all of them and none of them are mine. So I loaned a a particular issue that I loved. That was a hardback, um, like by different art authors to someone and they never gave it back. And now they're in like some other state. Oh, see, that's different. See, I I would, yeah, that's an entirely different thing, but no, I I would hunt them down, Daniel. I know. I, I know where they are. And I'm like, the next time I see them, they better fucking have it. That sounds threatening. <laughs> what actually what will end up happening is that they will forget that they borrowed it from you and they've sold it in a yard sale. Oh my god. Like Strangle in the death. <laughs> so Anyhow. Chris, what is yeah, what is your tenet about the superhero world? So one of the things that I've always liked in different uh superhero is where they either do things like the superhero registration act or uh Watchmen where they just outlaw superheroes or have them only be government and i wanted to do that as superheroes are seen as not just a men- a menace <clears throat> but something that someone has to actively it, it, this is going to get a little bit uh i wanted 
to do what caused the superheroes to come about was some sort of genetic virus. Mm -hmm. And people who are found out to have this are quickly like uh, treated and have their superhero superpowers removed. So those who got old enough to train and use them are kind of uh, doing so illegally from the get-go. Interesting. Okay. We're going to have to explore this a little bit more. So this is the, this is how the modern system works, obviously. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're suggesting that all superhero or all superpowers are um, mutations of some kind. Correct. Okay. And this has been going on since the beginning of humanity's existence. What happened in between the beginning of humanity's existence and the modern, like super deep registration slash defanging act that caused this kind of shift in uh superhero life? Well, I see it as they were always seen as either through different cultures and time, they were seen as uh either heroes, godlike people, or straight up uh kind of what is it? Uh, witch trials and such of being hunted down because they were seen as a menace or uh, however unnaturally their power was. And since the fact that in my eyes, I see it as not being super common, like where everyone has a power or mm. not everyone has a good power. Uh, they are able to be taken down by numbers. A question right. though, how much does that violate the premise because the premise specifically says everyone has powers. Oh, I thought he said it could be as uh, as rare or as common as possible. Yeah, you feel. that's that. That's the premise. The premise does okay. not say that everyone has powers. It is so. Then it's not really any different than any standard superhero premise. It's the fact that it's always been something. Whereas uh-huh. in Marvel, usually in the eighteen hundreds or seventeen hundreds, there weren't superheroes so much. Okay, so it's since the beginning right. of human history is yes, the yes here. exactly okay. right. And that's why I was saying. Well, I guess in Marvel you do have apocalypse kind of, but that's like a one-off as far as I'm aware. Right. Um, so, well, I mean, we we could get deep into the lore here, but let's not. Oh yes, the Eternals. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, we're not, not, I was actually not even referencing that. I'm, I was going to go And DC is specifically more like heroes throughout time because then you have, uh, you have Jonah Hex and true, you have, true. um, but they don't like going there that often. They usually correct. have like, there's like correct. one person. There's not like a rogues gallery for Jonah Hex so much. Right. And bit. I think the reason that is, is because a lot of the times is that you will absolutely delve into alternate history when you do stuff like that. Uh, Which is why I think that uh, either this episode or next episode, probably next episode, I want to pick out specific time periods and then we make the twist where during that time period, something happens regarding superpowers where it is a definitive fracture point within the system. Where I, I think, Chris, what you're kind of suggesting is what I agree with here is the timeline that mainstream comics tend to follow are almost directly mirrored with our own timeline, right? Mm -hmm. Because there has to be some reflection on modern society. And when that happens, like if you had superpowers since the beginning of time, there will obviously be massive changes within history. 
And I think that's the kind of interesting thing that we want to focus on for this particular prompt, you know? Correct. Like, how is war fought with superheroes? Obviously, the government wouldn't want to ban them. They'd be like, it's just like, all right, we're not vaccinating or uh, like culling any of our superheroes right now. We've kept some in secret. We've trained them. They're loyal to the country. Let's send them out there. And then I think there would also then be the response of like a salt treaty version of uh, just like no more superhero guys. We that it was bad. Right. Right. Um, I have a feeling like to answer the question you're asking, like what changed that they started to register these superheroes. I'd imagine if superheroes are around since the beginning of time, we know that there are different people than us, like in our population, but we don't necessarily know why. And there'd be a certain point where we'd understand why if it's a virus, probably at the time that germ theory becomes a thing and we start mm-hmm. to understand how viruses and diseases work. So I imagine at that point we'd understand, oh, this is why they're different than us. And so now there'd be a, a way to separate them, you know, like in a scientific basis. That's actually a really fascinating concept to work with. Like I like the idea that someone's trying to create a polio vaccine and accidentally depowers a bunch of superheroes by right. mistake. Yeah. Or they yeah, and by, by now they know how it works. So now you really have a way to to weaponize that information, you know. Yeah, yeah, it, not not just weaponize, but really control it in a way that mm-hmm. you couldn't before. That's a so there we go. That's actually a really really cool concept that we can definitely run with, and it even allows me to kind of step in with my tenant because much like you, Chris, I had this idea where uh, I wanted some kind of regulation. I wanted, um, you know, powers to be. I, I was thinking in my head just a rough like ten percent of the human population have superpowers. And one thing is I don't want capes and costumes because I find them to be fairly unnecessary in a world where superpowers are part of history. Superpowers are known. So why are you hiding your face? Like it doesn't seem to be a big uh, reason for that. And the thing is all supers are registered and most serve under the government or, or at the very least under government surveillance. So Watchmen (laughs) is what you're saying. Shut up, Daniel. Yes. <laughs> no one uh, I, said I mean, that. Well, well, no, I, I think, well, one, I think that no capes and costumes is certainly part of it, but also I think it's a logical conclusion that we can reach where any governmental power is going to register or at least restrict superpower usage under their own control because it would be necessary. Imagine having like rebels or, 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 a, or revolution that happens because of superhero or superpowers. Like you just can't have that. That's, that's a method of government control that would exist. I would imagine. Can I put a wrinkle in your, your tenant here? Daniel, what um, the fuck do you think we have you on the podcast? <laughs> of like course. What, what if um, the number, the percentage, the ratio had changed. So it's 10% now as a result of maybe the regulation, but prior to that, it was flipped. Like it was 90% of the population. So that oh, way we can geez. have a yeah we can have a radical history prior to the moment that it was controlled. That's really interesting because because now yeah. I'm immediately thinking of a faction that wants to go back to redistributing power because yeah. they think of it as like a a method of tyrannical control. So yeah, we can do mm-hmm. that. That sounds cool. Hmm. You know, you you want to you want to oh, literally I- give power to the people. It's like vaccinate. Maybe some sort of vaccination was accomplished that shrunk the population of superheroes. You know, well, we were talking about maybe if it was like not to 
put any fear, but uh, if it was like the smallpox thing where people were dying of something else and then they inoculated uh-huh. them and then it was just yeah. like, oh, inverse yeah. effect. Who knew? Right. So, so yeah. it was either die of some particular plague or lose, you know, like, or lose your superpowers. Like there was no option otherwise, you know. And I could see government, some, <laughs> not to uh, bolster any conspiracy theories, but I could see like a government influence generating a virus where that choice is then forced upon people like to to limit the population of superheroes Mm. yeah it should be said that while our podcast in particular is very strongly pro-vaccine all three of us have now received both doses of the vaccine (laughs) all right this setting will uh perhaps inspire some anti-vax sentiment so let's just put Mm -hmm. that out there now we ourselves are pro-vaccine. You should go get your vaccine if you can. Please do a service to your people around you. Now let's get back to how vaccines take away your superpowers. Um, that third PSA eye. out of the way. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's it's calcifying your uh, pineal gland as we speak, Chris. Oh <laughs> I'm still like- shocked by some of the friends who are like, oh, no, I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm like... Wait, everything you've set up until this moment made sense to me in my life, knowing you, but this? Like, what? Well, again, Daniel, they don't want their superpowers taken away. That's really uh, what it's it fair. comes down to. It's a fair point. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's uh, – so we've got a pretty I, – I, Daniel, I, I have to say I really do appreciate that kind of twist where it, inverse, <laughs> it, it inverted itself from 90 to 10. That's um, fucked up. Some fucked up stuff. It it is pretty fucked up. So, uh, Daniel, why don't you introduce your first tenant then to kind of follow it up? Um, I I I've had mine vague because I was curious what would happen to it, and I can see how it could be molded into um, whatever we want. But I had written down it is possible to give up your powers as an individual, but it comes at a great cost to society. So mm-hmm. now I'm thinking, well, we know there is a way to forcibly give it up, and that's by becoming quote unquote vaccinated, right? Um. So I wonder, like, what the cost of society is then by having reduced the population from 90 to 10. Well, it's not just the fact. Think of how much of an industry would probably be based on people who had superhuman strength or uh, could fly or do any other. Like, Mm -hmm. would would we have discovered uh, as much electricity if there were literal people who could work in a factory and generate electricity? Yeah, yeah I, I think that a lot of people, when they think of like super powered uh, or even like fantastical settings, like even like, let's say D&D in particular, even having cantrips or even having, you know, like first level spells would in- entirely change the world. The ability to cast comprehend languages or the ability to create food and water as like a cleric, you know, pretty much at whim is such a huge game changer that I don't think people tend to recognize because they're not flashy, like fireball powers. I think some of the more common lower level level spells in magic change history and change the world, much like Chris is kind of suggesting. Like, would the Donner Party have eaten themselves if they had a cleric with them who cast create food and water? You know, like, what do pirates look like when they don't have scurvy because they have people who make food and water? And then what does navigation look like when you have spells and abilities that innately tell you which direction is which, you know, like there's all sorts of weird, interesting little like changes that are massive. I mean, even something as simple as like ant hall, which allows you to carry more stuff to, to us. That's pretty useless. 
But to people who are day laborers, being able to slap on something like that speeds up work immensely. You know, like there's all sorts of applications that I think that we just don't think about. Like one of the effects of, I mean, essentially what this is a metaphor for, because superheroes usually a metaphor for something else, but here it can be a metaphor for industry and um, technological prowess, because we're suddenly given all of these technological advantages almost at the start of human history in a way that would fundamentally change how quickly society gains technological progress. Like we have the power of locomotives, you know, as Neanderthals. So, so that, those, are the, those are the questions that end up being addressed. Like how, how far advanced do we become as a result of that? Or are there other hurdles we don't realize because we have all those advantages out the gate, you know, that limit us? Absolutely. And I think that's kind of the interesting aspect that we can kind of explore with this setting. Like, like Philip said, he kind of gave us leeway with where we want to work in terms of a time period. And, and I guess the other question I have is, what does super intelligence really look like when it's in, say, the 1300s? You know, like, is that is super intelligence just someone inventing algebra for the first time? Or is it, hey, I've got you know, steam powered locomotives and shit like that. Or is it the opposite where maybe we rely more on our powers to kind of get through and like you have a specialization, you have a job based on what powers you have. And maybe when that, that vaccination hits, we're suddenly a lot more reliant on the technology that we've been slow to develop. I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of questions that we have here. Yeah. The question of intelligence is interesting because it makes me think, depending on how you define intelligence, but it could be like, we don't have computers at that point. But if humans say the intelligence they have as a result of the superpower is enhanced computation in a way that humans are incapable of, you'd have thinking human computers basically at an early period, which would have some fundamental changes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Has anyone ever seen Code 8? It's it's not a great movie, but... It was interesting in the fact that uh, it had a bunch of superheroes that were kind of one illegal and two, they became in a way day workers using their powers to kind of like make it cheaper to do things. But since it was illegal, they had to do it on the side. I've never heard of this. Go ahead. Explain it to us. Um, At some point, people uh, gain superpowers. I don't think they go into it in the movie. But there's different levels of powers where they then classify them at just like this person uh, uses electricity, this person has fire, and uh, the guy who can't get a job because he's seen as like a second class citizen with powers, if he were to be caught using them, he'd be like quickly put down. But uh, him and another guy who I think can pretty much do welding, he does electrical work. Mm-hmm. and they're essentially building a house until the cops come by and then tell them it's just like, hey, you, you can't have any of these uh, Code 8s working. Interesting. Where, where, What is this? I've never heard of this before. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. I think I watched it, uh, well, during the last year. Is it a series or is it like... No, it's a movie, but I actually wouldn't mind if they explored it a little bit more, but it, it huh. does suffer from moments of where... You know, oh, you, you see the budget restrictions kind of come yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. like super. Tr- it's just like, okay, okay, yeah, I see what you're doing, but you can't really play it off that well. I gotcha. That actually is kind of interesting because it also makes me think of like combustion engines. Like instead of having to shovel coal or even petroleum, maybe you just have like a person who stands at the engine just 
shoots fire at it occasionally. Oh, you know? I, I was thinking a rowing machine with a person with super strength. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, and this is the thing, right? Like maybe our society in general is actually greener because of these superpowers. You know, like maybe we don't have a reliance on fossil fuels. There's all this kind of interesting shit that we can kind of really take into account here. Um, man, that's, yeah. Okay. This is actually really interesting now. I think this is kind of starting to win me over a little bit. Um, but, but before we go any further, I actually wanted to introduce my second tenet because I think it's important to kind of get this base level of power out there. Essentially my tenet is very simple. I, I don't want anything cosmic level or earth shattering. Essentially all of the superpowers on this planet are street level you know they are nothing super crazy powerful nothing like Iceman who can literally rechange you know atoms and molecular structures and stuff like that nothing like the atomic man nothing like superman all of the all of the superheroed people are you know relatively powerful but they are also very like you could have super strength or invulnerability but you know, if you get hit with something, your insides will liquefy or like you're not immune to heat or something like that. So it's it's I, I want to make sure that we're not going too powerful. So we have like gods and tyrants and stuff like that that absolutely change everything. I still want there to be some human element to this because I think that's more interesting to explore. It also gives it for the probability of them actually being contained or controlled because if they were you, you couldn't stop Superman. Hey everyone, uh, we're going to be going into spoilers for the show Invincible, so if you want to skip that, I would recommend skipping ahead about two, three minutes, and we'll probably be done talking about Invincible by then. Thanks. Exactly. Right. exactly. <laughs> Invincible is anything to be said about that, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. Invincible is actually a great way to kind of play that off as to what I'm trying to avoid, because yeah... Like, I think the idea that Cecil, with all of his resources and power and everything like that, is still absolutely no match for Omni-Man. I know, it's just so absurd. Like, I just finished watching the, the show and I'm like, what is the point now? What is the point? <laughs> like, we well, cannot Daniel, win. <laughs> well, Daniel, as someone who has read the entire series, I yeah. will not spoil it for you. Okay, there's so there's an answer to that because when I, I watched the end of the season, I'm like, all right, well, I guess you just all die. Just roll over and die because there's nothing you can do. <laughs> Uh, mm. yeah. Also, man, spoilers for Invincible, I guess. We, should, we, we probably... I mean, it's relatively vague, but you might as well just roll over and die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about that. Uh, anyway, let's let's keep moving. I'll, I'll put a spoiler warning at the beginning of the episode or something like that. Spoiler we'll tags. Sure. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't give a fuck about spoilers, but I know other people do, and I don't want to spoil Invincible for people. Let's move past Invincible uh, now that we've gotten the spoilers out of the way. But yeah, I, I want to avoid something like that. I want it to yeah, be... Yeah, that's totally reasonable. Yeah. yeah I, it's just, it becomes, it becomes like this crazy management of power levels that don't make any sense. And I think that's the problem with Invincible is that it's incredible. But like at one point, suddenly a truck will hurt someone. At another point, suddenly a punch will like rip through someone's rib cage. And it's the same person delivering the force. So, and I know it's for comic effect, but if we're trying to create a world where we have some logical consequences to things, that's a problem. 
ex- exactly. And also, Daniel, everyone knows that a truck is not nearly as powerful as a punch. We <laughs> punch. all know this. It's it's totally fine. Or a nuclear bomb, but you know, like a really good right hook can do about more damage. You know. Well, we we all know that's correct. It's about how that force is applied you know nukes <laughs> nukes right. go over a general area where a punch it's, it's very it's pinpoint of course yeah, yeah that exactly. makes perfect yeah. sense scientifically so i, I actually want to want to suggest another comic book series that i think does this concept but a little bit darker which is called irredeemable which <sighs> yeah chris knows what i'm talking about that comic is what if superman went crazy and killed everyone uh, but way darker than you're already thinking, Daniel. Uh, he 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 basically levels the entire world within two weeks. And I don't really know why he focused on Singapore so much. Uh, I don't remember that part. I, I I just remember like him basically going after the one person who he knew would kill him first, which is Batman. Like yes. that's his first target is to go after the Batman equivalent in that universe. And then it's like, yeah, no, I'm just murdering you straight up. Um, also, that series is really interesting and takes some really weird, fantastic turns. So I would recommend taking a look into that series if you have a chance. Uh, the fact that, you know, we gave away the premise, really, like, that's like the first issue. That's not a spoiler. Like I'm not going to feel pages. bad about that. Yeah, that's like the first few pages. Exactly. Um, okay. So, yeah, base level power, we've kind of established that. Uh, do we want to talk about anything more about that or do we want to keep moving on to the second tenant for the rest of you guys? Let's keep moving. Yeah, right, I, I like that in itself. I think it makes sense. Yeah, because, I, I mean, as much as I love superpowers, I don't really care for the overpowered shit very much. Yeah. You know, and you can, make like a, you can make, like, narrative ex- exceptions to the rule for certain stories, but it's like, if it's not the norm, you have at least a baseline to work with. Exactly. And not only that, but I think that there could be something rather interesting where perhaps that's a villain's motivation is to create a paragon of the super. So you're right, creating like, right. you know, it's eugenics, but for superpowers, basically. So I think exactly. that's a possibility. Chris, you said that you wanted to move on. So you're going to tell us what your second tenet is. Go ahead and introduce it. Well, my second is super weak, though. So thanks for that. Uh, I gave I, you such a good segue. Too, I know. There you'd be like, I know. Horseradish is a thing in this world. I want it to horse, be important. Everyone loves horseradish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. What, what is it, Chris? No, I just wanted to avoid the Charles Xavier or Emma Frost kind of thing where psychic powers were done. I At all? Yeah. I don't Ooh. want mind control or psychic powers. I want it to be Ooh, physical because I feel like that also will allow for the control level that we want because it's if you could control the leader of a country you can then change all of the rules so does this mean that we're also going to have to take away shape-shifting Ooh, i don't think yeah. so because it's not necessarily anything to do with mind you, you can test for a shapeshifter right uh, okay so so we're gonna have like the thing style of shape-shifting or, I, or t- testing rather yeah or even just like uh, what is it? A a witch's mark? Or oh man, okay, that's actually super cool. Is that now I'm thinking of like, uh, like a a Salem witch trial, but for like shape shifting supers or something like that. Which has oddly enough made them rarer. 
Yes, absolutely. Like there is absolutely a certain subset of power types that have a stigma attached to them. Oh, as a result of, of adaptation evolution, you know, like yeah. they were less able to breed, which then reduced their number, you know, because they've been hunted. Well, actually, we don't history. know if we don't know if the if the um, powers are necessarily inherited, right? Because they could be random strain mutations. Well, but I mean, if they're, if I don't, are they passed on? That's a good question. Then like if, if you breed, like, do you pass it on or does it just randomly occur? I thought it was introduced by a virus. Right. I think randomly occurring makes it a little bit more interesting because then we do the thing that Naruto and My Hero Academia do, which is like, we're breeding to create the ultimate line of superpowers. And that to me, I really want to try and stay away from eugenics as a, as a good thing. They, they kind of lightly even though you know Endeavor's not the best person, they don't they don't fault him for that. As so they should. Like a... That's the problem that they should. In fact, they absolutely should be like, "Hey, that's fucked up. We should probably not do this." Is it so? Then is it like a positive cancer? Because I'm trying to think, how does it operate in the natural world? So if it's if it's not they discovered it through uh... through some kind of like science of, of biology, right? So then oh. is it like I wonder if it's like a positive cancer in the sense that like cancer is a mutation of cells, you know, that we don't really understand. So is it like that, but it doesn't kill us, you know, and maybe it lengthens telomeres instead of reduces them or something like well, that? Well, maybe, maybe instead of having it have anything to do with the human directly, maybe it's something that's changed within our atmosphere. Like maybe there's like some kind of spore or some kind of radiation or something like that that's in the, the ecosphere that changes humans on a fundamental level. Mm. It doesn't affect a percentage of them though, right? Right. Right, yeah, because there's exactly. some that are either naturally immune or just so, nothing but happens. Even if it is environmentally caused, like there's an effect on the body that we can detect biologically, right? Yeah. So I'm just yeah. wondering, it's not genetically inherited, so it must be some form of change to our our biology in some way. Well, I, that's why I was thinking that it could be an organism within the planet itself that kind of awakens these powers. Mm -hmm. It's It's almost like... You know, um, there is a microorganism on our planet that just so happens to be there and just so happens to react with human physiology in such a way. So many chlorines is what you're saying. Daniel, shut the fuck up. Exactly what I was saying. <laughs> now I feel gross about it. Oh, I had to do it. Sorry. Uh, so, I mean, what, what other options do we have, though? I mean, well... Um... Because I'm thinking like, it's kind of like what you're saying is like the Resident Evil virus sort of, but that was like, I think MIDI or mitochondria, like our cells are somehow conscious. <laughs> it's similar to that. I think you're thinking of Parasite Eve, actually. Yeah, oh yeah, Parasite Eve. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think that we can probably take it down the Resident Evil direction where there's like some Los Plagas or something like that, that basically awakens <laughs> superpowers within us. Yeah. Why not? I mean, we. I, I feel like we should probably skip on over to this part because the more we think of midichlorians, the dumber it becomes. Yeah, maybe we leave it vague because that could be a narrative hook, like how what it how it actually functions. Because we've decided, okay, at least it is biologically caused and it can be understood through science. That yes. we know that much, right? Okay, so let's yeah, let's keep it moving away. Um, so. So let's get back to Chris's tenet, which I think is really interesting that there's no mind powers of any kind. Yeah, I like that. I'm fine with yeah. super intelligence, just not. 
it makes a super intelligent superhero even more interesting because instead of being able to like you know invade someone's mind and like either mind control them or incapacitate them what he really has to do is outwit them because he's just faster thinking essentially among other things i mean technically reed richards and like tony stark have super intelligence right you know so so we we also want to kind of keep it in that way as well like honestly there's probably a human equivalent to something like that say like uh da vinci right like da vinci mm-hmm. is probably someone who you'd point to and be like for yeah, the time that person had super intelligence you know that right thing. so maybe you know whatever we define intelligence as it's not like some magical power that like can affect you know some non-material aspect of your mind it's actually you're you're applying your capability your thinking capability to something whether that's creativity or you know memorization or whatever so so chris let me ask you this then is it possible that you could have some kind of a mind control or telepathy but it has to be physically enacted so like you have to physically touch someone Yes, because then you can always make it that it's more of like a chemical ch- thing. That that's or, exactly what I was thinking. Like that pheromones or something. Yeah, not just pheromones, but also like just literally changing the 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 chemistry within their brain, like flooding their brain with endorphins or like restricting all of that at once. Like the stuff that you could do once you have chemical control of someone's body is absolutely devastating and crazy. You know, I've taken away your ability to ever create serotonin again. Right. So I like that, but what? how does that different than, that sounds like it's just flavoring long distance celebrity. Like, so I know you're saying you have to touch them, but if it's pheromones, like if I breathe at them. Because it's also not remotely. permanent. Whereas a lot of the things that I've seen Charles Xavier or Emma Frost do, they've literally erased memories. So you just don't want it on a cosmic, like a huge scale. Correct. Oh, right, right. It's also scaled down of the fact that there is plenty of protection to get it. Against yeah. it, which so is like a suit or something, yeah. If I wanted to avoid it, you're not using right. a telekill alloy or like okay. Xavier's helmet. I'm oh, sorry. actually, Magneto's helmet, uh, or or um, Juggernaut's helmet, you know, <laughs> all the so many helmets. Yeah, <laughs> I, basically, yeah, there I are just want to decrease the amount of helmets in this setting. <laughs> That's fair. That's actually, great. you know what this is reminding me of is um, there is a great series that uh one of our guests actually recommended called the Rosewater Trilogy or the um, Rosewood Trilogy. Sorry, it's by Tade Thompson. Did you guys read that at all? No. Okay, so in that series, uh, an alien basically drops down in Africa and people around it start like inhaling these alien spores and are able to uh, connect to an alien intelligence that gives them psychic powers. And... Um, it's, it's like a fungal thing because what people do is they find practical applications. They like will literally cover their bodies in antifungal cream. So the, the people who have these powers aren't able to like, um, enter their mind essentially. Uh, So it's, it's like a very, this is actually very much what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I like that because then it's more rooted in science. So what Chris is really suggesting is let's Mm -hmm. get away as far as we can from, superhero powers that resemble magic you know so give them more of a basis in 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 reality basically i'm okay with that because that really uh pairs well with the stuff that i'm interested in like the the depowering or the lower level power is absolutely what i'm interested in so that works and it makes you have to make work harder for a cool power right like narratively right and and that's the thing that there is a great uh video i think i've referenced it before but i will reference it again 
Uh, there is a great video by Plague of Gripes who basically goes over why power levels in Dragon Ball Z makes absolutely no sense. And there is a, and that's exactly what I'm trying to avoid here is. Yeah, it's not making sense. Right. Uh, where I don't want, I don't want number. Yeah. Dragon Ball sucks. I don't want like number to go up and I get stronger. Yeah. I want, I want there to be a specific power set that I either have to train to be better at, or I have to be really clever in its application. This is what I love so much about Jojo's Bizarre Adventures that you can have a really weird, dumb power but then when you think about how to use it or the, the application of that power, it suddenly becomes way more powerful and interesting because of your own application and skill while wielding it. That's really what I want to explore with this type of superhero power as well. Yes. Good. Like the ability to stop time for three seconds does not seem that super powerful oh no it seems super op like it's it's incredibly for three seconds anything with time is a big problem exactly like any kind of time manipulation which is something that i would absolutely recommend that we not do within this series for Um, sure but then you question super speed how far away is that from i mean you could have character a character who um, can affect relativity or rel- has relativistic speed, that would be interesting, but also insanely powerful. Yeah, the other thing that we would have to get into, though, with all of this would be uh, if, sure, someone can have super strength, but they can't actually pick up a car because it would just be pushing themselves into the ground. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's and that's absolutely fine. You know, like, that's the type of stuff that I find to be rather interesting is, you can fly, but only at the speed at which you can walk or run. You know, that <laughs> or if they leap like the original Superman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, man, original Superman is so cool. He was like, he was like a straight up, like super hardcore leftist. And now like new Superman is basically like the authority. And I hate the direction that they take with him. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Let's get back into the powers a little bit more. Um Actually, we we pretty much finished with that. So, Daniel, what's your last tenet? Tell us. Um, it was my first one, but it's obviously evolved. Um, I'll give what it originally was. So, I was thinking about what about people who don't have powers? Because I was under under the original assumption, having misread the prompts, that everyone had powers. So, I was like, okay, well, what about people who don't? Like, are there people who are differently abled, which makes them like the kind of abled that we would have currently um Mm. and so they don't have powers so thinking about that now i wonder throughout history when there was a 90 percent superhero population a 10 percent there might have been a small group of people who had to really maximize you know their understanding of science and technology in, in an early period before they had like germ theory to either survive among the superheroes or to be able to coexist with them because they're probably viewed at that time as being, you know, disabled or lesser than, right? So I'm imagining that there is, that there is, has been, and ha- and maybe it became the government now in the present day, a sort of Templar society or group that lives mm. below, um, you know, civilization that has always been around um, and they've been trying to figure out what to do with humanity, given the situation. And maybe they're in somehow responsible or related to the flip. Once we discover germ theory. I do want to try and stay away from the literal deep state though. You know, essentially what they are. They're like Cecil in the deep state. That's what I want them to be. 
Yes. Okay. See, I, I'm I'm concerned about that because I don't necessarily see um, these people or or these um, the supers as necessarily all being inherently better than when I when I think superpowers where ninety percent of the population has them. I don't think that ninety percent of them are all going to have useful and good superpowers. I think that for probably fifty percent of that ninety percent or even more that they'd have weird useless ones like, Oh, I have, uh, you know, I have the powers of marrow where I can pull bones out of my body and use them as a weapon. I still you know, feel the pain. <laughs> right. Right. We're, we're in like, or, or some people are just going to be like, yeah, I can light a fire. That's the equivalent of a Bic lighter, but no more than that, you know? Well, that so, won't stop a, a group of people who don't have any powers at all as regarding them as different and bad. Like and so that's what I'm suggesting Ooh, that throughout but history I could also that's see, where people existed. I could but see it state, where people who don't have super strong powers still being willing to join that group and maybe hiding it. Right. That's not right. a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I think that there's also something to be said where if ninety percent of the population of human of hum, oh god. Humanity. I think yeah, exactly. I think that there's something to be said that where if ninety percent of the population of humanity has powers and 10% doesn't, I genuinely feel as though there'd probably be a eugenics system with them rather than with the powers. Like, I think that we're looking at them hiding more than anything else, or maybe becoming just stage magicians to, to like try and like fake a superpower in a sense. In that, I way. mean, the way that I'm seeing them throughout history, like say in medieval times is, you know, they may have been even religious and to some extent, because I'm picturing you know, the, the old, temp, the Templar kind of society who have their own, it's not a cult, but a secret society. And they exist beneath the, the awareness of really the majority of the population. And maybe their views are wrong and bigoted, but their, their view is that um, the 90% oppress the 10% essentially. And maybe that's why they, they had a, an incentive to help whatever flipped the numbers. So, so the idea that you're kind of getting at is that the non-superpowered folk are responsible for that flip from the 90 to 10. Or some, some number of them. Maybe they're a fringe group. I'm not saying like the entire 10% were bad, but just like, I'm, I'm sure that there are some hyper-religious types or conspiratorial types throughout history that maybe have gained power, you know, being in the, in the shadow of society. I mean, they could have just been super charismatic and been part of, like, why they felt that power should be regulated. Right. It mm. just, like, the I picture some sort of event, like, uh, I don't know, the uh, Napoleonic Wars or the Crusades or something, where just, with superpowers, and a lot of people died. And they were just mm. like, we can't keep going like this, or we're gonna, we're just gonna wipe ourselves out. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like they've been they've always been operating on the fringe, waiting for a moment to turn the tides against the majority they view as like not how human beings should be. Yeah. I th- okay, I think that there's a lot that we can kind of dig into this. Wait. So But I'm also I'm also kind of afraid, Daniel, that there is a weird anti-Semitic root in this. Not in your thinking or not within <laughs> the idea, but like within the conspiracy of it, you know, where 
these non-powered people are essentially at the root of maybe they control all the media and the propaganda and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, and that's something I think in fiction you have to embrace, like mm-hmm. because in order to show to shed light on how some ideas might be toxic, you have to depict them mm-hmm. and then create conflicts against them. So if, if there's a possibility that this group is like they view the ninety percent as this money delete, you know, in the way that an anti-Semitic point of view might view it. I mean, then make them a villain in a sense. Oh, oh see, I, I'm actually seeing it as the opposite, where the the where the ten percent of the people who don't have these powers uh-huh. are in fact the ones who are pulling the strings behind the scenes. Oh and yeah, I, I mean that's I my intent with them too. More, yeah, yeah, I see that as a little bit more problematic than the, when when the thing when everything's reversed, you know. I mean, it doesn't bother me because I feel like the point of fiction is to explore those things. Yeah, no, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm 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 not denying it, but I just want to let's. I just want to say like we should be conscious of it as we discuss it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chris, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say that uh, I would see something like the League of Nations or the UN coming about much earlier, just mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. get behind like stopping all-out war happening. Yeah, like if you if we go back to Invincible, like Cecil's entire department exists to ensure like a baseline of, of sanity in a world that's now rife with crazy powers, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. or the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the comic, the boys, not yeah, the um, yeah, not the other one. Um, yeah, okay, I think that's rather interesting that we can deal with that. So, but I guess my question is, okay, we're definitely going to do this next episode because we got to roll into. The, the anchor twist. here. No, not the twist, the anchor. We got to oh, the anchor first, remember? Because we normally do faction conflict. I think that what we should do instead is we each pick a moment, like a time period, and then we explore what makes that era or what makes that change different. And then we kind of follow the ripples from history from there because then we can have all sorts of cool, you know, yeah. alternate history I timelines mean, and stuff like that. Because my brain immediately went to, uh, like, Carthage. And what would happen if, instead of Carthage getting wiped out, it's now, in, in the Punic Wars, right? It's now Rome and Carthage as mainstays, where it's not like, oh, uh, Latin is the ubiquitous singular writing system for a large portion of, of Europe, right? Like, you look at all of the languages that kind of evolved, what happens if Carthage is still around? Again, this is where my brain immediately goes. So I'm not necessarily going to do this, but still, I, I think that there is an interesting aspect to think about when we have these splinter points and these fracture points within history. So I think that what would you guys rather get rid of? Would you rather get rid of the faction or the conflict? Um, the faction, I think. Yeah. Really? Because I think that the the conflict, I think that we'd probably be able to create conflicts from the uh the other thing but that's fine we'll do we'll do a conflict and then we'll do uh, a time period for next episode how's that yes yeah that makes sense let's uh let's go ahead and roll some stuff on the anchor and we'll get on out of here so the subject is going to be a cataclysm and the theme of that cataclysm is going to be sacrifice all right, so we now have a cataclysm within our world. The theme is sacrifice. What are we thinking for this particular aspect, gentlemen, in our world? 
Hmm. I don't want to go for where the person sacrificing brings back uh, most of the superpowers. Cataclysm, the first uh, execution of the nuclear bomb. Interesting. Okay. I, I suppose one other thing this kind of makes me think of is when did this population shift happen? When did it go from 90 to 10 and 10 to 90? Uh, we could decide that on the history period point because we could link it to things like the Black Plague, smallpox, or any big extinction event. Very good point, Chris. Very good point. Um, but uh, I I also like uh, Daniel's idea of the atom bomb because we could have had the atom bomb be a person and then put it in any time period of war. Oh, explain like that so imagine if uh someone who had a superpower their only superpower was that they could blow up freaking once and they use themselves in uh one war throughout history and that was their sacrifice but that sacrifice oh, and that. that destruction is what caused everything to change because suddenly you bring things up in a power scale that is still acceptable in my eyes because it's a one-time use item <laughs> I like that because it suggests that, well, because if that was that person's power and they were like super rare, like a super rare development of, of these abilities, well, they, they represent such a huge danger. And now the attitude changes. You, you could also take it as uh, Rob's idea of uh, using powers in inventive ways. What if you had it as someone who was uh, kinetic absorption and reflection and all he did oh. for most of his entire life was just get beat on for this one moment to use well, this power. The government did that to him maybe as part yeah. of the war. After yeah, he was just a loyal exactly soldier and just like, just like do it mm -hmm. and then finally just like, here's your moment, son. Get in there. Yeah. And then so, after that, like that 10% are like, okay, we got to do something about this. You know? Mm -hmm. What if there's another one of them? Ooh, and the 10% have it. Hmm. This is this is actually the beginning of um, the comic book version of Marvel's Civil War. There, where there is a, a mutant who takes a vial of this drug that turns his power all the way up, and he accidentally blows up a school while while like running from some superheroes. Yeah, didn't that involve Speedball, Speedball. or who Speedball then became Penance? Then became Penance, exactly. Yeah, but I could. I could see it where uh, this is a little bit different because it's government sanctioned or mm. used. And that's what mm -hmm. yeah. turns it into being more of the military application slash of nations because you have the whole geopolitical thing of it just like, well, they got to use it. How come we're not allowed to use our supers mm -hmm. on this scale? Right, 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 right. So so now it becomes an arms race to figure out which superpowers can, can be applied in such a way. I also feel like uh, th this is just putting a pin in it, but defensive superpowers is something that we should look into. What do you mean? Uh, I know we didn't do anything with a uh, like telepathy or anything, but what about like force fields or uh, mm. energy projection? What about it? Well, I'm I'm saying like you can use those purely defensively. Like uh, you could do a thing of. Uh, what 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 is it uh is it abbot monks or hermit monks i forget but it's just people who are vowed to uh being incredibly passive and the reason they went down that path is because they actually have a really destructive power but they can only use it defensively in their eyes i like that idea i mean th that's always a good trope that we can play around with hmm. Hmm. so so basically 
the cataclysm that we're talking about is an atomic bomb level superpower being used. Yeah, and I feel like that is a good prompting for the development of this vaccine or the mm. or at least the setting up that situation. I'm I'm totally okay with that. That is like the moment where people realize that okay, we need to make sure that this is under control a lot more than it currently is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And instead, and we wouldn't have, you know, uh, maybe, you know, uh, maybe Einstein and the development of the atom bomb and all of the things that preceded it, like that played out very differently for, for all we know. Correct. We or, a- or it happened at the same speed because they're like, if we have the powers of supers in the hands of those without, then everyone's super. Can we have this? So it's like kind of like the last days of the Third Reich where it's like just pure desperation. So there's like a war that's happening. And as a last ditch effort, the this country is like basically forcing superpowers to be used by their citizens. And so it's as a result, it turns into, oh, we need to make sure that that can't be replicated ever again. Like maybe there's some person who finds a way to force powers to be used in some way, you know, like they find a chemical reagent that hyperactivates whatever uh, alteration we have in the genes or the virus or whatever. And so it's like, oh, I used to be able to just, you know, light a flame before, but now my entire body's on fire and it's a blazing inferno and I can't turn it off and I'm dying from it. You know, but before I die, I'm going to do this. Because I do like the idea of it being doused in patriotism or uh, some sort yes. of like... Yeah, I mean, I- for your country, but in a very bad way. I think that there's probably a combination of it started out as patriotism and then it ended up as a, just a goddamn tragedy. Kind of like how uh, the kamikazes were in world war two, where it started out as a heroic act and then ended up being like just a complete waste of human life. You know, this, this a bomb actually happened at Verdun and it really, really ruined that day for everyone. Something like that, yeah. I just really like the idea that one of that the the super the super's ability was to like gather kinetic energy, and so that's how he was used patriotically, and that was the sacrifice. I think that's important to preserve in some way. Yes, I do like the idea of he he was beaten down Mm. to do this thing, and it took years. So it's not like something that someone did overnight, right? You need the time investment. Because because if it were if it were something manufactured, right, there wouldn't be as much of a fundamental disdain for the concept of the supers. Because if it's something that could have developed naturally and it was exploited, that gives the people who wanted to create this vaccine more of a of a of reason for saying this is something we have to do. Because hey, this could be happen again naturally, right? Like if we don't stop it from being possible. Correct. Mm. Well, well, we could have it that maybe this is the truth slashes what was told. Say that again. So instead, like maybe this is what happened, but uh, propaganda or other things made it seem oh, as if it was true. the chemical. This way, mm-hmm. the any of the enemies are looking into the wrong avenue of how to get to this end. Yeah, maybe to, to what Rob is saying is like, that's the propaganda they have to put on top of it because they can't yeah. really let people know the truth. Or that's the next mm-hmm. generation of what happens. You either get someone who's like oh. uh, the Red Guardian or Captain America versus uh, Mr. A-Bomb. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Not to be confused with Adam Bomb, the wrestler from the 1990s, but yeah. Was he? That wasn't <laughs> with Earthquake and uh, Tsunami, was it? Uh, no, that was that was after that. Like, okay. 
Earthquake and Tugboat, who later became not Tsunami, but some other name I can't remember. Um, Quake? Typhoon. I don't know. It was maybe it was some sort of natural disaster. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, oh, man. Yeah. I'm not even going to get into the terrible 80s wrestling here. But anyway, uh, yeah, we can. So, so I think that we've kind of got a good stopping point for the time being. And that means that we can now roll our twist list, which is. Uh, oh, boy. Let's let's see how this goes. Daniel. Yeah. I am so sorry and yet not sorry. Now make everything an anime (laughs) is the twist. So this is the Shonen Jump. Uh, so so it would seem yes um, i don't even know what that means make everyone annoying high-pitched and um very Daniel, colorful you like anime just not the anime that's dumb okay so yep. you can come in and be like look it's gonna be like ghost in the shell and that's anime well, still nice. god damn really like well that. i'm gonna have some you know magic great. girl transformation oh god damn you yeah <laughs> oh, um, this is actually a good point because we're we're closing out the so next episode we're actually going to be reconciling the twist where we make everything an anime, so or more anime <laughs> I should suggest. Uh, but I do wanted to point out that uh, recently, uh, Kintaro Miura passed away. He's the creator of uh, Berserk, oh. and as someone who grew up on Berserk and had a genuine attachment to Miura's work. I wanted to take a little bit of moment and uh, just mourn his passing because he was incredibly influential to me in my life for a number of reasons. Um, So I, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there and now we can go ahead and transition to the outro. So remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always email us over at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. You can always shoot us in a tweet over on Twitter at Let's World Build. You can join our Discord community by following the link in the description. And if you're feeling particularly generous or you just want to jump the line in terms of which uh, setting we write next, you can always give us money over on Patreon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Remember that we love you very much and we're going to get through this together. Until next week.